Super Talk Mississippi media production. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. We have Representative Manley Barton with us today. He's a representative in the Mississippi legislature from coastal Mississippi. He uh, lives in Moss Point. He's a just a terrific leader, someone I've known for many years. And we just spent the last couple of sessions talking about um, his COVID-19 experience and how difficult it was. And thank God he's doing better. I want to go back and reflect for a second, Manley. You, um, you served in the Army from 1969 to 1971. Uh, you went to Vietnam. You, you got two bronze stars and a purple heart and sort of a life-changing experience for you. But it was in December of 1968 that you got your draft orders. But you weren't, you know, your grandfather, your namesake, uh, actually went through a Shelby in 1918 and went to France. Tell me about him. He was a, he was a good guy, uh, a great guy. Uh, funny, he, he was a really good baseball player. And so as we were growing up, we knew he'd been in the service, but he always talked about playing on an Army baseball team. And so he really never talked much about his experience in France at the end of the war until I came home from Vietnam. And I guess it was because we had maybe we had some of the shared experiences or something. But then at that point, he actually talked a little bit about that last week or so of the war when when the war ended. You know, he remembered the day the that the gun stopped on the 11th hour of the 11th day and that type of thing. I mean, he remembered that time. And uh, so he, he had a, he had some brill experiences. And when they had the 100th anniversary of, uh, of Shelby a, a year or two ago, I've got one of the coins. Uh, uh, General Boyles brought me one of the coins. Uh, he knew my grandfather. I had told him about my grandfather going through. So he brought me one of the coins that uh, for the 100th anniversary. Wow. And uh, so, um, so it was December 1968. You're married with with uh, one child and another one on the way, and you get right. you, you you the reality that you're headed to Vietnam sunk in. Of course, you never had any reservations, did you? You you were going. Well, I, I never thought about not going. Uh, yeah. That just was not an option. I didn't think. Uh, uh, it was the I, and I hate I, I, the word patriotic is probably not the right word here, but but I, I just felt like you know when when you uh, when you're called you go. I mean you know you just you do what you believe is the right thing and and so um, so I you know I I went in and uh, uh, actually went in the probably the last day of February I believe it was was my reporting date and so um, uh, of uh, of seventy. And um, but it was, um, uh, you know, went through basic training, AIT, came home for 30 days and then went to Vietnam. So I went in basically the first of March, the first of August, the third day of August. Um, I, I showed up in Vietnam. So it wasn't long. So uh, a couple couple of important. There's a lot of important moments during that time. But you had this moment when the commanding officer walked up to you with a with a uh, envelope torn in half with a bunch of notes on it, what did he say to you? <laughs> well, uh, we were actually at a small LZ uh, landing zone, uh, fire support base, out in the middle of nowhere, 
and uh, his helicopter came in. Of course, I, we recognized his helicopter. Well, he gets out of the uh, uh, out of the helicopter, comes over, and says, "Congratulations, you got a you've got a new little girl." And he had all the the notes kind of scribbled out on this envelope, and uh, uh, you know what day they were born, what day she was born, you know, and you know how much she weighed, and all that kind of stuff. He had all that information scribbled on that envelope. <clears throat> Wow, that's 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 incredible. So, what were the what were the conditions that led to your injury? Um, I was I was part I was in the two two seventh assault helicopter battalion, and I was one of just a couple uh, people in the battalion that operated forward refueling uh, bases, and so we would go in to primarily special forces camps. Um, and then also some small LZs, fire support bases. Usually the LZs, fire support bases, were only for a few days. The the uh, special forces camps, we set up long term. I was at a place called Lock Men for about five months. I was at another place, uh, Duke Fong. Actually, I was at Duke Fong when I got wounded. Uh, I was there for about three months. Uh, these were special forces camps. More permanent, uh, had runways, had, uh, and so we would set up, helicopters would come in and out, we'd refuel them. And very, very small areas, um, uh, frequent, I won't say frequently, but did come under attack uh, because they were small bases. And then from there, we would go, if, if the, if the uh, first cab was setting up a new fire support base, we would go in and be there for the first four, five, six days while the fire support base was getting set up. A lot of helicopters in and out, bringing in equipment, bringing in supplies, bringing in people. And so we would be there along with a number of other uh, groups, the Black Hats, uh, the Pathfinders that did the air traffic control uh, when you had a lot of traffic, those people. So we got to know them fairly well, ended up in a lot of those same places uh, over and over. So I'm at Duke Fong. This is in March of 70. Um, and I go up to a place called Bujimop. Uh, for several days. First night was fine. Second night, we had uh, quite a few mortars came in, small arms fire. The next morning, uh, I made it through the night fine. Uh, the next morning, uh, there was an attack early that morning. Uh, I had gone outside the wire, uh, and this is not much of a perimeter, just a small wire, but I'd gone outside the wire to check all our supplies. This was a, It was daylight, but just not long after daylight. And uh, when the, we started getting mortared again, and um, and so um, one of those mortars was uh, I got uh, mortar shrapnel in my in my left side, uh, and so um, got got medevaced out after that, and <clears throat> later, well, probably it was probably forty five minutes before I got out of there, but um, but got like I say, had mortar shrapnel in my left side, ended up with um, probably about a month of uh, light duty. Um, and uh, but then went uh, the end of April, in fact, just before we went into Cambodia, uh, uh, came out uh, of light duty, went back to going back uh, out. Uh, in fact, the first place I went back to was Lock Men, and so um, which I had I'd been at Lock Men a good bit, and then went from there. But yeah, that was uh, on March the twenty eighth. Uh, wow! So that's that's an anniversary. In fact, this year was fifty years exactly. Wow! So a brush with death that essentially there was more for you to do in life and then you get COVID and there's a brush again and there's more for <laughs> you to do again. Uh, you came back from Vietnam. I wish we could tell all these stories, but you came back 
1971, you started as a system analyst at Chevron, and you were there until 2000. That was a heck of a career, wasn't it? Well, it was uh, right at 29 years. Uh, had a great career there. Um, uh, could have stayed. I was fairly, still fairly young. I was 51 or thereabouts. And uh, when I decided to uh, get into politics, and uh, in fact, initially, my idea was I was going to run for supervisor and continue working. And sometime during that time period, I uh, during that election year, I got to looking and um, said, you know, if you know, I can, I can, I think I can make this work and be a full time supervisor and retire. Um, so I, I, you know, I felt like I took kind of a chance of uh, retiring that early um, to uh, to try to to you know serve the public. I, and that's something I had always been interested in, and um, and and it worked out. It worked out. Well, that's uh, and you had a, as we discussed. I mean, you, you were chairman of the board uh, during the post Katrina situation, working eighteen hour days and learning what it means to be a. I mean, really at the gra- at the ground level, what it means to be a public servant, and um, and 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 it you know it gets you in your blood, doesn't it? I mean, you can't once once you're there, it's hard to to walk away from it, isn't it? It is. It is. You you tend to. Uh, want to do more and uh if you can and uh of course you you find yourself in situations where you um can't please everybody you you, you learn early you've got to have a thick skin and uh and so it's uh, but it's it's been a it's been a good ride I, I i mean i'll just be perfectly honest i when i started in in 1998 running um i could not probably imagine at that time uh, that that i would have had the career i've had it's been uh, it's been good. So, at what point did it occur to you that you know what you know the, the legislature that's 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 a tough game, <laughs> and uh, some some would say it's a young man's sport, but you get up there that's that's not necessarily the case. Uh, you decide to do it. What 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 was the reasoning behind that? Well, I I had um, I really had always had an interest in the legislature. Um, at, at, when I ran for supervisor, some folks uh, approached me and asked me to consider doing that, and, um, and, and I really never saw myself as a supervisor. I, I felt like if I ever ran for anything, it would be the legislature. And, uh, but I ran for supervisor and got elected. But then, but then seven of my 12 years as supervisor, I served as the chairman of the uh, Supervisors Association's Legislative Committee. And so spent a lot of time in legislature working with chairman of various committees on legislation that that affected counties. And and one of my very good friends was my representative, Frank Hamilton. And so when Frank decided to retire, uh, he approached me pretty early on, gave me a warning. And uh, and so I decided to run for the legislature. Let's do this. When we come back, uh, we'll, I want to just chat with you a little bit about the various committee assignments that you've had, which are, which are <laughs> numerous, and leadership roles as well. And uh, sort of what's what's the headline so far in your time in the legislature? When we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Representative <laughs> Manley Barton, who are recovering from uh, COVID-19 as we speak. And uh, we thank goodness for that. And we'll see you after this break. Follow Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production. 